Hello, my people. Welcome to the show. Thanks to everyone that keeps tuning in. And of course, thanks to anybody listening for the first time. I really appreciate all the love, especially since it appears that it's coming from both sides of the pond. Who would have thought? But anyway, before we begin, um, I must say I've been slacking when it comes to talking about music recently. So please be prepared to hear me talk some nonsense. And after all, I'd have to change the logo. And I kind of like it. And to be honest, ain't nobody got time for that. And that was actually said by a very wise woman once. And speaking of wise women, how about this for a segue? Please allow me to introduce today's guest. I feel very lucky to share the studio with a top Utah Royals defender, Scotland national team captain and legend, and recent addition to the over 30s club. But most of all, ladies and gentlemen, this is the queen of Aberdeen. This is Rachel Corsi. Thank you for joining me. Wow, that was a lovely welcome. Oh God, do you know what? I've worked so hard at that. How many times did, did you write that out? Do you know what? I only wrote it out once. But it was the thought process. It was like one word, mm. maybe a minute. I just needed to make sure I got it just right. That's pretty good. Do you feel like that's justified? Do you feel like you, you're worthy of that intro? Yeah, it was wonderful. Oh, cool. I'm going to start by saying, in my eyes and the eyes of many, you are a Scottish icon. Yeah? Oh, I don't know. Many says probably a... Many is more than one. You're right. You're many right. is more than one. So and you my, are mom, a, my mom would back that up. So there you go, two. So, two so, you are, so many. You, you are a Scottish many. icon, national team player. But I need to start actually by asking what's just happened on this last international trip because I heard you were just traveling around America for the sake of it. Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, that actually was after the trip. The national team part went fine. Okay, fine. Define fine. Tell me about fine. Well, it was, it was probably better than fine. Um, you need to be specific. People don't understand what yeah. fine is in professional uh, football. And I'm going to call it football <laughs> today. I'm not going to say soccer once. Okay, good. Apart it's funny because actually, if you say something's fine in Aberdeen, it means it's like really good. Like, okay. it's not, like if you go for coffee and cake in the afternoon, and someone's like, how was it? And you're like, oh, it was fine. Uh, is that why people think you saw dour up there? Like, maybe. Right, okay. Because like fine actually means like. So what great. is fine? Put a number on but fine. Anyway, oh, what, out of 10? What was the score? That's what I'm trying to get at. What was the score in the game? Then I guess the score was eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that so that was fine then. Yeah. That was, but yeah, tell- no, it was eight 0 But we were playing, you know, it was perspective. We were playing Cyprus. This was their first time in the qualifying stage because there's actually a pre-qualifying stage in Europe because there's so many okay. European teams, which makes it hard to get out the European bracket for any of the major competitions. But this was their first time in it, so they're the lowest ranked seed in our group. Okay. Um, we also have Albania, Portugal, and Iceland for those not Iceland, Finland for those who are interested. Did you um? Did you and your team celebrate every goal? <laughs> yeah, we did. Not over the top celebrations. Nothing too much now. No, there was no knee slides. Why was that? Why was what? It wasn't over the top. Yeah. Well, to be fair, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> over the top. Probably because you know, they're mellow and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How did you describe me? Dower. Dower. Do people do people already know what that means? Uh, no, but we'll get into stuff like that soon. Don't worry okay. about that. Real. Yeah, that's probably why. So it's very professional then. You did your job. We did our job. Okay, that's good. Um, but yeah, talk, talk to me about the trip back. Because it's usually just one flight, or is it two? How does it tend two to work? Two normally. So, as meant, I was actually told, I came in yesterday to, for the first time to the, back to the club, and I was like, everything that went wrong essentially did. And I was told that that was strictly not true, because I could have crashed. So, <laughs> who said that? Who said that to you? I don't want to name names, but it might have been the head coach. Really? Laura Harvey? <laughs> no way. No way. Um, no, but basically I turned up at the airport on Monday. I was on a 6 a.m. flight to Amsterdam. And normally you just go Edinburgh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Salt Lake. Super easy. 15 hours, door to door, cruising. Um, I got to the airport and my flight was cancelled because there was a strike at Amsterdam airport. And so that was fine. Um, 
I was changed on to later flight that day, which would then mean I would still miss my connection. So therefore, I decided let's just restart. Let's do this again tomorrow. So I was going to get the 6 a.m. flight Tuesday morning to then get my 10 a.m. connection okay. in Amsterdam. Well, just as we were landing in Amsterdam on the Tuesday, the air traffic control system went down. And we didn't have enough fuel to circle. So we landed in Rotterdam, which is about 28 miles. Okay south of amsterdam um we refueled sat in the runway for a little bit which is always that's the best the least bit i love that about flying when you sit right there. and just sit there do nothing yeah i just did a bit of yoga on the plane which made me look like a right <laughs> idiot like i was that person what a professional yeah, i'm just sore like you said i'm over 30 now yeah it's different <laughs> Things get it hits real, you differently yeah? real quick. It hits you differently um so anyway we eventually end up back at amsterdam the air steward at the front of the plane starts reading out the people that have missed their connections that's that's nice that's good about job. third in she reads out salt lake city i'm like cool that's me get off the plane go to the desk they're like we probably can't get you on a flight to salt lake until tomorrow and i was like huh that's not gonna work because that's gonna now be wednesday and i'm playing on friday so did you say that to them i mean not in those terms did you say do you know who i, I am? said <laughs> i didn't use that card Ugh, okay um so you've used it before though no i've definitely not maybe to my brother Right, okay. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Um, no, so then I was like, that's not really going to work because I knew I can fly through. They were like, we can get you through Detroit and you'll get there 10 p.m. tonight. I was like, cool. So five hours in Amsterdam, get on the flight to Detroit. As we're landing in Detroit, thunderstorms. So a little bit scary. Well, kind of cool. Like you literally could see like the lightning mm-hmm. flashing around you, which kind of looks different when you're kind of like side by side and yes, not like true. looking up. Um, but anyway, we land, but then... The ground staff weren't allowed out on the runway to pull us into our gate because the thunder and lightning is dangerous. So we were stuck on the tarmac again on the plane outside our gate. So like, I'm losing time. I only have an hour to my connection. I need to get through customs, through security. Um, in Amsterdam, they couldn't print my boarding pass for some reason from Detroit to Salt Lake. So then I get to the desk and I'm like, I need to get my boarding pass. They can't find my reservation. So by this point, I now have like 22 minutes until my flight departs. And I don't have my ticket. Starting to get a little bit anxious now. And in <laughs> angry my time, or just anxious? Well, I would say anxious, but it might have... Come across as angry. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. In I, my I don't know th- that feeling. I'm not really a diva like that, mm. but please carry on. Right. Sure. In my time, so it's like 1 a.m. Uh-huh. UK time at mm. this point. And I've now got been up at 4 a.m. the last two days trying to get on that 6 a.m. flight. So my patience is pretty low. I mean, it's low at the best of times. It's definitely <laughs> low now. Eventually, she finds my ticket straight under the rope, straight to the front of this line at security. Just like diva status yeah i am rachel corsa you get me um of course they thought i'd liquid in my bag i had my little lacrosse ball which i use for like soft tissue mobility stuff because mm-hmm. i'm ultimate pro <laughs> 24 7 <laughs> pro <laughs> oh, um terrific. they thought that was i think they probably thought it was that dkny perfume used to get mm-hmm. like back in the day when you were still at school and that was what everyone wore anyway it wasn't That's it was my lacrosse ball ago, many many days ago um so that really was added to the anxiety of things and then eventually in my head I get my bag, I'm like, right, I've got 16 minutes, or like 60 minutes till my flight leaves, so in my head, maybe one minute till my gate closes, sprint up the escalator, I'm now through security, sprint up the escalator, in my head, I'm like, in gladiators, I'm like, you gotta make it, you gotta make it, <laughs> my like, thighs are burning, <laughs> I'm like, I regret running this now, um, get to the top, and I'm like, right, where's my gate, A10, A10, where is it, I'm seeing like the sign, A1 to 52, left, I'm like, okay, turn left, praying to see A1, a52 is the first gate i see (laughs) i'm like oh no so i haul it down the corridor um get there in time well i get there definitely not in time but the gate 
door is still open. How did you find the walk onto the plane when everyone was waiting for you? I actually wasn't last on. You weren't. So I didn't look like the really bad guy. I was like sweating at this point. My t-shirt was stuck to me. It was something. So with all this, why didn't you just use the private jet? Deloitte's. Yours? <laughs> so this wasn't part of your deal to come here? <laughs> right, I thought that was did. standard. Is that not standard now? <laughs> right, okay. So I must, I misjudge it then. I say this because you've done something this year. Oh gosh. Which I think is pretty historic, I believe, to captain Scotland at a World Cup. Do you know of any mm. other female Scottish captains at a World Cup? Not in football. Also, so it's just you? Just me. So how was that? Oh. From a personal was... standpoint, obviously the, it went how it went, but how is it yeah. for you looking back now with less rage? That's right. Yeah, because you've heard you've heard that version. Oh, have I? Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> version. Yeah. Um, it's still probably been really hard to kind of process because I had to come straight back here and go into season, and that was actually really hard. Yeah. But I think just the historical part for the whole. I mean, obviously for me personally, it's a huge it's a huge accolade to say that you were the first captain to lead your country at their first World Cup. There's a great connection with the group, and it's actually just I really enjoy being with the national team. Not just for what it is from a football perspective, but because I really enjoy the group of girls we have at the moment. And so it was actually something that was um, a huge moment for everyone. It was really nice to do it with everyone there. And I have a couple of best friends in the team. And so... You going to shout them out? Can do. Um, no, that, then I feel, then I'll feel bad for... Grow the game, grow the game. Talk about your special ones. <laughs> special friends. Um, no, I've been... People know this, I guess. I've been long-term friends with Kim Little and Jenny Beattie and... Um, Previously, when I lived in Glasgow, I lived with Leanne Crichton, and all three of those girls were there, and they've been in the squad for a number of years now, and we've we've known each other a long time, and so I think that was a really cool part of it because that that's not a guarantee, especially international football, but all football, you know, you don't have you don't always have close friendships, you don't always that's not something that's a given. So I think it was special to to be able to do that and share that with those people. So with that sort of history, um, it would. From my side, I can see how you could be an inspiration for younger boys, younger girls, and stuff because you, you know, you've represented your country at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You know, barring an Olympics, in my opinion, right, it doesn't get higher than that. So, when you were first coming through, who were your inspirations, or did you not really have any in terms of actual football itself? I think for me, it's hard to pinpoint like one inspiration because I think like for me, and never, I genuinely was a, a real latecomer to even considering being a professional footballer. Did you turn pro in twenty fourteen? Was it? Yeah. So I was already 24 and it honestly was something that like I didn't even fully recognize was something that was possible until I was at least 19 or 20, which at that point I'm like already kind of two and a half years through uni. I did quite an academic degree. Sport truly had always been a hobby. Like it sounds kind of silly probably, but I just kind of almost like fell into it. Like I never intentionally had the ambition of I want to play professional sport or I want to play even play for Scotland like I thought it was me I remember watching being a huge Scotland fan I remember going when I was younger I have memories of going and watching the Scotland women's team but and I just I don't know why it didn't kind of connect with me but for such a long time like I never had that ambition so to kind of think of like a specific role model that played that I would go and emulate like I probably don't have one but I think there's definitely like a strong connection in my family I mean my dad played and he always took me to his football and that was probably like a huge part of my understanding and development and passion for it. And then on top of that, my great grandfather played for Aberdeen, and he has like a big part in, or he's part of the club's history. They, um, I think it was in their hundredth year they announced 
like their 25 greatest ever players or contributors to the club and he was one of them and that's very cool yeah there's like a, there's a lot within that and so i think just it's all that conceptually probably plays a big part in why i'm driven to be where i am it's so interesting of all the years that i've played you're the first person who's got similar similar story in some ways to mine because i was playing but i never i was never the type of person to dream of being a professional mm-hmm. i was also seeing it as being a hobby because i was also um i'm going to call it running track but it's I was doing athletics because I say I say doing athletics over here, and they're like, "Well, which yeah, sport? Which sport, you, which sport are you talking about?" But yeah, I was doing that, but I was also focusing on school as well. Mm. And the three were just all running at the same time until yeah. one had to go, which was the uh, athletics, because I was full time playing football. And then I was lucky enough to make my debut when I was seventeen. So I wasn't. I, I remember I played a reserve game on a Tuesday against Man United, chopped them up like we used to do, because you know that's what we did in the second team derby. And then I just got a call the next day saying, oh, what squad number would you like? I was like, for what? He said, ah, for the first team. And then, yeah. He gave, I didn't even pick a number. I've never picked a number in my career, by the way. He gave me six, uh, 16. I was on the bench for the first team on the weekend against Chelsea. It was 2004. And it was the only game Chelsea lost that whole season. And I went from, I think I was on like 80 pounds a week at the time, just living life, going to pizza <laughs> and stuff like this on a weekend. <laughs> So all of a sudden, like the bonus, the win bonus at that time was a few thousand pounds. So nice. I went from you know from having one slice to two. You know, <laughs> that's kind of the way it works. Got a whole pizza. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Got wedges. <laughs> have you um since the World Cup and stuff? Have you found that more people recognise who you are, or do you not think it's really changed? Like, where are you uh, most recognisable? Would you say? Definitely here. Definitely, really here. Yeah. yeah. Like back home, like comfortably walk down the street, and no one has a clue. Is that because you own the whole? Oh, how does how does that work? Like, what do you mean no one knows who you are? You're a Scot- Scottish icon. Yeah, just no, like, honestly, no, I I think maybe once, I think just before the World Cup, I was home doing, I write for a newspaper back home, so I was back home doing. Which, which newspaper is this? It's the Evening Express. See, let's be specific. Very, let's get it out there. You're right. You know what I mean? You can't do all these good things and not mention them. Not, co- not name drop them. Okay. Um, I'm not saying I'll read it, but like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the local paper, you know. Um, used to deliver it when I was younger. Okay. Um, no, but I was doing like a quick little photo shoot to be like, so I can have a picture at the top of because I actually have like a page. So there's like a page. It's okay. like my page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing some pictures just around Aberdeen. There was like three or four kids recognize me, and but that's like the only time. But like I was home just after national team break. I had the weekend off, so I went back to Aberdeen to see my family. Um, actually went to the Aberdeen game. We won 3 0. Who against who? Ross County. Okay. It's to be expected then. I mean, yeah, they were underwhelming. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, we were good though. Which, like, that's, I don't say that because I, I wish I was. I'm quite content that nobody, really? nobody recognizes me. Yeah. But I also just think, you know, like a lot of people do say, oh, there's so much growth, there's so much interest, it's been amazing. I think it still has such a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've never played in Aberdeen, have you? Only like. I played there for a year and a half, maybe two seasons, when I very first started playing senior level. Once, um, Back then, and I think it's still the same now, under 17 is the last youth level, and then you jump to women's. Okay. So I played for Aberdeen for a season and a half before then I moved to Glasgow. Can you explain this one to me? Mm-hmm. So you obviously have a podcast. You're a big yeah. star. You're a Scottish icon, all that stuff. Play for the Royals. I'm someone like you that's really interested in just watching football. Mm-hmm. I watch men's football, women's football, kids' football, whatever. Seniors' yeah. football doesn't really trouble me. I just enjoy watching the game. Yeah. So why is it with people, I could, I could kind of say maybe you, 
but some of your teammates. If I ever appear to have knowledge of your sport, people are always surprised, especially considering, like, say, every, I feel like everyone in your in the women's game is trying to grow the game because it does need to grow, it deserves to grow. Mm-hmm. So you're advertising when your games are going to be. So you keep, you're telling people when kickoff is. Mm-hmm. So I watch the games. Then I might talk about something in the game or the players, and then the players are shocked that I know the players. Like, how? Do, why is that a thing? I think, to be honest, because the demographic of the, fa- of the typically are the fans who watch women's football is predominantly thought of as being kind of family female younger kids okay so then i think like people who maybe are in our environment are surprised because typically there's not a huge kind of crossover between male professional players watching the women's game like take for if like we're both from the uk so that's like our natural Mm go-to but like man city now have a women's program that plays on the stadium out off the back of the men's stadium yeah it's very accessible and the games never clash with the men's team. Like, there might be an occasion where the men's team are perhaps like away because they play away that weekend. Mm-hmm. But like, how many of the men's players have gone to watch the women's game? Probably none. Maybe one. But they do train in the same complex though, don't they? I believe so. So they do encounter each other more. But I actually understand Even more reason same. why you'd think like they might go to the game where like, I could tell you now, like all the, all the players in the current team have probably been to men's game. Not like that that's a bad thing, but I just mean like that is kind of probably why people are surprised. Yeah. Because typically... Male players rarely go and watch the women's games. And watching those. Actually, they're interested, which is totally fine. Why is it totally fine? Well, because it's not for everyone. And it's like a lot slower than the men's game. Just pure science. <laughs> okay. I'm not, science. I'm not, I'm not belittling <laughs> before <laughs> well, I get shouted Listen, if you're going to throw science at me, I can't really like debate it. I want to debate no, but, but you know, throw pure science. It's, it's, it's different games. It's, it's different. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very different to watch. Like if you watch English Premier League, if you've got players who play in the, that league, the game's like fast. Like, you're talking like top athletes. So, like, if you're used to that pace, (laughs) you know more than me. So I'm not not gonna. But you know what I mean. So like, if that's some people just don't like it, and then I think probably there's a stigma. So even people who maybe are open to it, not everyone's as confident to accept maybe getting some stick for going and watching the women's game. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I watch it. Lots of people I know watch it, and it's good. It's good to watch it. Like you say, it's different, but in the same way, when I I say I watch football from all different as i say from men women children whatever like i just enjoy watching it and understanding what each product is yeah it's in the same way that i will watch different leagues around the world yeah you have an expectation so yeah, it's, is, yeah. well not even, expectations that but then like what would my expectation be for women's football then see you've you've you've, you've sent out the wrong word there and i've changed the energy no the I, I don't think i have because i think like that's what people okay you're right maybe expectation is the wrong word yeah. But if you go and watch a women's game, to go and watch a women's game, and you expect to see a women's game, yeah, then like you can enjoy it for what it is. But if you go and watch a women's game and you compare it to how much it would differ from watching yeah. Barcelona Real Madrid, then you're going to find yeah, you can probably be cri- you could be critical of it. Yeah, the, the reason- but that happens a lot. So yeah. like people's default is like it's not very good, and that's the part that bothers me because I'm like I'm an Aberdeen fan, and for years we were rubbish when I was growing up. Yeah. So I never went to watch them because they were good. I went to watch them because I was a fan. I get frustrated when people try and say, like, I don't like it because it's not good. Because yeah. then I'm like, well, what's good? And that's not really why anyone watches sport. Because I'm, like you said, I remember when I was doing my exams at home and I remember where I live is beside this big park. There's probably like 25 pitches and or fields. Where you want to call them. <laughs> this is a problem. We're on both sides here. So <laughs> <laughs> you might have to say both things. And I literally would go up and... Um, I'd be able to open my back door in my house and hear if there was football on because the noise would travel to so I'd walk up it was like 10-15 minute walk 
and normally it was like when I had exams on so I'd have studied and I'd just want a break and I'd just go and sit where like the four corner flags would be so I'd be like be able to see four games mm-hmm. and I'd just sit for like the 90 minutes and watch the games and I wouldn't have a team obviously I wouldn't pick a team and there'd be some teams where I'd be like oh this team plays here every week because I've seen that kit before Yeah. Um, and I'd just sit and watch the games and then I'd walk home and that was what I enjoyed doing and that's just because I'm into sport so I think my issue with expectation is linked to the fact that you don't believe lots of people will watch the game because they don't believe it's very good. Yeah. So that if you link the two, then it's like saying you expect it to not be very good. But that's not why I watch it. I watch it because it's a different style of football. Fair. So that's me getting myself out of the hole which you dug me into. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Um, I've got so many topics I want to talk to you about. Okay. They're not all serious because you've, you've gone quite serious now. I'm sorry. But... Being a member of the 30s club. Yes. Which I love, by the way. I told you. I told I you before it happened. It's terrific. I'm all in for this. I'm nervous for 31, though. No, 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 no. no. Trust me, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. Until, I'm guessing until you get to like 37, 38. And then you 30. panic because you're like, wow. Yeah, because then next thing you'll be the same age as producer Ryan, who's 40. Ooh. But I tell you what, he looks all right for 40. <laughs> he looks all right for 40 with that little cheesy grin as well. He's still got something about him. I don't know what it is, but he's got something about him. I feel him. he's about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Cop out. No comment. Cop out. Um, I want to I wanna try and describe to people, first, kind of like why we love the game mm-hmm. and how the game changes as you get older. So for me, when I was, um, when I was a kid, like I, hint- I hinted at it before, I was doing other sports, but I just loved to do it. And I loved to do it with my friends. Mm-hmm. I was obviously of a good standard because I'm still here now, still kicking a ball around or stopping balls from going into goals or whatever. Right, kicking people. Listen, that's your <laughs> game, not mine. <laughs> um, anyway, I used to just loved it back then. And I was never I was never dreaming of being a professional, but I loved it. But in the same breath, I used to do the ball boying at the stadium. This is at Man- Main Road at Man City back in the day. Um, I used to go and collect autographs and all this stuff from the training ground, which I ended up training at. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you come in full time, but you're still with all your um, all the people the same age as you, which I loved. Like looking back, that's my favorite time of my career. I think, yeah, to be surrounded by people who share the same interests. You know, everyone's trying to improve and go in the right direction. But then very quickly, because I started so early and I turned professional, I was then in the locker room with people who are my age now. So at 17, whereas I'm trying to figure out like. We used to get expenses and stuff. I had my bus pass, all this nonsense. And all of a sudden, you're surrounded by people talking about childcare and mortgages and this and that. The way that I viewed the game then is wild because I didn't really respect the older guys that much, you know. Like, I'd listen to them. But I'd be like, ah, this guy can't even run anymore. This guy can't even do this anymore. And I was one of those guys. I would never Mm. say it. I would never say it. But I'd always use my physical advantages to go past them, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, I'm like, Guys, You're just, that guy. Just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't expose me. Just like extend my career for me. Like when? What was that like for you when you were first making the step towards, say, being involved in adult football? Obviously, it was different because you weren't full time. But what was that like? Yeah, it's funny. I've never thought about that really. I think probably in the last, I'd say, like year, or two years, I've had that realization of you kind of always think you're going. You've got enough. You've got time. Like you always think you'll be the younger half, and then all of a sudden, I was like. I'm in the older half here. Yes. Like, what age, was that? What age was that? I think probably 28, 29. I think I got hit at 26, 27. We always oh. used to do young be old on a Friday. And I was comfortable. Yeah, maybe like, I was group. a little younger than that. And like at the moment, I'm normally like the, 
one of, if not the oldest starting player in the national team. Who else is around your age? There's a couple of players who sometimes will start sort of centre midfield. Like Leanne, my friend, Crichton, she's just older than me. And she like, she started against Cyprus, so she she got that title that game. Is she? Okay. But um, yeah, and we haven't played Young Viol for a while, but I've definitely been in the, the old team, in the national team. But I feel, like it, I feel like at Utah we have a fairly mature, let's say, yeah, the one or two team. mature ones in there. Um, so I'm going to say... Oh, you had on yeah. the other week. Um, oh, why am I having a complete brain block here? Don't tell me. There's Desiree. Yes. She's 32. She's older than me, yes. Um, there's A-Rod. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, I'm, I am about, ha- about halfway. But really that many? So oh, the Nicole, roster players. You. Yeah. Becky. Kristen. Yeah. Kelly. Becky the oldest. She's 34. Yeah. Becca. Oh. Tell you what, there's a few yeah that's true and if you were to play young be old who would win old consistently or just right now i don't know you know the last place i was at the old team like we were nice but like the young legs oh my goodness gracious me like but when you do young veal it's small right like, yeah it's it's smallish because we normally do it like five v five so you can't just have them like we would have run away more. we'd have like yeah we'd have like this <laughs> come here come here child. just put it put him behind and... no we used to so we'd have like maybe a 7v7 8v8 this is when okay. i was at queen's park rangers and overall throughout the season the old team would win but we had some spells dearie me where we were getting toasted like literally so the old guys when the start of the season everyone's feeling great fine yeah then one by one people would be dropping just, off yeah it gets to like the so the season starting in august by the time it's november so many bodies down. <laughs> You're going out there and the big bodies who aren't down are like, oh, my back, oh, my knees. Uh, yeah. And these little young whippets, oh, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you. Yeah, that's always, always funny to me. The young ones always, I now the biggest, it's not a bugbear, but I always just see the young ones come straight out and they get the balls out straight away and they're way off like running around, like kicking the balls at each other. Yep, I've lived that, not anymore. Right. And Impossible. I just look at them now and I'm like, wow, how ridiculous. Like, what? why are they doing that? Impossible. And then you're like, yeah, I probably did that. Yeah, it's, just, it's <laughs> so true. And I don't want to tell you this, but I'm going to, this happened to me as soon as I hit 30. Uh-huh. Like, everything just changed. I used to be able to just, we'd be sitting around the locker room at my last, at Queen's Park Rangers, having fun, chit-chatting, all this stuff. I was fine at 29. 30 in a day, I'd step out on the field. It's like I was walking on glass. Like, like what's happened to my body here? My back was ruined. Everything was wrong. And I had to start looking after myself. It was a real, real, mm. real, real, real sad time okay, for well, me. I'll look forward to that. Yeah, it'll get you at some point. You I might, believe it. You, you might feel it. good now, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's coming. Great. Um, when would you say in your... Actually, tell I In your career right now, where do you see yourself as being someone that's like a certified pro now or a veteran? Ooh. I don't think I'd say a veteran just because I haven't played pro for that long. Maybe more of like a life veteran. I feel like veteran. I feel like what a load of nonsense! No, seriously, did I, I really like... ask you on to give life veteran lessons? <laughs> no, this is my rationale for that because I probably fe- I feel like people come to me for advice less about football. Like no one's asking me for football advice, but <laughs> okay. people might ask me for some like life generic advice. Do you think that's sometimes a good thing? related to football? Is that but... a good thing? Would you rather not be asked about know. football? Because they respect you as a senior professional. Or just, mm. do you prefer the senior citizen role? <laughs> senior citizen. Is this, is this what you'd rather go to? I don't know. I feel oh, like I go, just... Let's go speak to Auntie Rach. I think She'll I'm know. a bit... Yeah, I think I've got that nurturing side in me. But you probably find <sighs> hard to believe. Off, leave but it's like off, tough you. love kind of thing. That's leave for whatever off. reason no. endearing. And no. people um, people are drawn to me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, completely, I, 
I'm, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to leave okay. it before I get cancelled. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> I don't want to say anything too, <laughs> too controversial. <laughs> but I tell you what, with our careers and what have you, to yeah. still be playing it now, I think it shows that we do love it. Oh, yeah. But I feel like for me, the love of it has changed throughout all the different stages. There was a point, as I say, when I loved to just be out there with my friends doing things just playing just mm-hmm. being out playing in the field like going back to before i was even signed for a team when i was like nine just being out and playing for two three hours on a weekend or just playing extensively in the summer t- with 10 people 20 people whatever yeah but then i got older i used to love games when it first when my professional career first started and then i drifted down towards oh no i love games and training because at that point i'd not done every training session under the sun things that were being thrown at me were still new mm-hmm. and i loved it okay. then i got a bit older and it was like, yeah, the games are cool, but I'm more a training guy. Because, hmm. again, it's just different. You never really know how it's going to go because there's so many people involved in a training session. You can never guarantee that it's going to be this. Even if the task going into the day is to win all your games, you don't know what the games will be. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun. That's cool. Then I get older again. I'm like, whoa, I'll tell you what, these games are tiring me out. <sighs> this is this is business now. Yeah. Just being out there doing it, it's business. But, you know, there might be some fun in training. But then I went through a spell at Man City where it was under Roberto Mancini. I'll never, I think I, I might have said this on your I podcast. Think, yeah, I think. You can't I have fun. This. You couldn't have fun for a year. You were told specifically you're not allowed to have fun at the training ground. So I'm like, wow, this is business. I felt like that took a few years off my career just because okay. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then now, as a veteran player, not a senior citizen, I like <laughs> trying to affect change with people that I'm around. That's what I love the most about it because most training sessions that get brought forward, I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Game situations, I've kind of seen before because um, I've played like say more than four hundred games or whatever. So even though you play against different wow. personnel, four hundred, four hundred professional games. Well, yeah, do you know what? I've, I've baited you beautifully here. Oh. So what I meant to say was that my next game is my four hundredth club game. Wow! But I've played over four hundred if you include the um, internet, well, under twenty one stuff and what have you. So that's where I'm at. I would have hoped to. That's insane. I would have, well, you say that. The people my age who've played 500 plus, and I think with better fortune and circumstance at certain stages, maybe it would have been more, maybe it would have been 500, but definitely not past 500. But 400, I'm going to celebrate till the end. Um, so yeah, game situations. I don't, people say, oh, do you get nervous for games? And like, not really, no. Like, I say I'm 400 in, that's just as a professional. So then you count all the stuff that came before that and stepping out onto a field for as great as it is. Mm-hmm. It's not a brand new sensation and things, moments where I've had stuff built up in the past where it's like, this is tense, this is this. Within a minute of playing in a game, you realize it, it's, it's a game, even if you're playing against like the best team in the world or the worst yeah. team in the world, you know. Um, so yeah, I live for affecting change and I, I don't know if you're necessarily there yet, but I know that my, you know, you're not there yet. You've only been professional five years. Yeah. And, right. But I've played for the national team for 10 years. It's oh, I've like... seen your stats. Don't worry, I've been on your Wikipedia. <laughs> we will discuss that. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so for me, I know that my days as a professional player are coming to an end. And the way that football's going, it comes quicker than people anticipate. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because you're not good enough anymore, but just because the game has changed to a point whereby the value of a youngster is a lot higher now than it was from back when. Yeah, people always used to say you, you peak at 28, 29, 30 but at 28 I get told I'm too old and this was like four years ago or whatever so you, you almost have to accept that there's a change coming so like I say my thing here my whole legacy aspect now is, is, isn't necessarily for the amount of games that I've played I want to see how many lives and careers I can affect in a positive way to learn the lessons they need to learn sooner so they can have 
careers whereby they can, you know, by the end they can look back and say, I tell you what, I appreciate him being here in that moment and teaching me this because it made me a better that. You get what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you're there yet. Okay. Because as I say, you're only five years in and people want to talk to you more about mortgages and stuff than they want to talk about like offside traps. <laughs> is, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. That is probably a fair, but you, fair yeah. analysis. Right, I'll, I'll I'll put it out there. I'll put it out there. Two okay. things. Oh gosh, I'm nervous. I said this to Vero when uh, she came on the show. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very good footballer. Yeah, she is. I also think you're a very good footballer, which is why right. I, I like enjoy watching you in your games because you Appreciate remind that. you remind me of people who I've played against who've been top top players. Wow. But there's one thing which you don't have, which is as, as a professional, is a good goal scoring record, and I'm very <laughs> pleased about that. As an amateur, you've got loads of goals for the national team. You've got loads of goals. <laughs> But when I looked on your Wikipedia, oh, the numbers are low. The numbers are low. Thank you. Because I don't score a lot of goals. (laughs) But you make me feel prolific. And I want to say thank you. That's harsh. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You can have that. Oh, you're too kind. Well, we will get back to football at some point. Okay. But for now, I need to talk about music. As I say, because you've seen the logo. It's an incredible logo. Thanks to the creators of the logo. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Ryan Producer for producing the producers who produced the logo. Love so that. to start with, for me, mm-hmm. as a black male born in the 80s that yeah. listens to a lot of music, mm-hmm. if I'm playing something through my headphones, if someone was to ask me what it was, they expect me to say hip hop or R&B or something like that, yeah? Yeah. This, these are like typical black sounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mostly do listen to that. Okay. But I listen to everything else as well. Okay. Like everything else. Like Interesting. I, I won't necessarily listen to a specific radio station for hip hop. I might listen to a pop radio station, I listen to a rock radio station, mm-hmm. anything. If it's got a nice sound, I just roll with it. Yeah. And every day is different. What is an expectation for someone like yourself? Or do you not have one? Do people Would people look at you and expect to hear something in particular? Or would they just say, oh, she's going to be into anything? Interesting. I don't think people would know what I would... Th- I think people would be unsure, actually. I think that would be a hard question if you were to ask like 20 people who know me. I think they'd struggle to answer. I think they'd probably just end up saying like pop and current... Pop and current. Yeah, that's, I know. Which so is beige, like though. I know. That's beige. <laughs> <laughs> pop and current. Yeah, she looks like a pop yeah, and current like I just type of girl. Listen to like Radio One, which actually I do. Yeah, <laughs> I've got no issues Radio One, but yeah. I also like One Extra. One Extra is good. Yeah, but yeah. you're a Radio One. Primarily. But I, th- I kind of see you as like a Radio Two in some ways. I think I'm almost getting there. Really? Since almost. you got the thirty badge. Yeah. You're at the twos now. Well. <sighs> See, producer Ryan no. is, is baffled, doesn't have a clue what we're talking about here. <laughs> but this is this is this is British now. This is a real British segment of the show. He's like, this will get edited because this is dull. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Classic. BBC Radio One and BBC Radio One Extra, which are yeah. the probably the biggest national radio shows back in the UK, you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So how can but I'm more into I don't really know I think like typically when you're if you're on iTunes, it's kind of, most of the music I listen to is referenced as alternative. Right, okay. For example? Like, I, I'm going to say some people, and I don't know if they actually would be bracketed as that, but like Dermot Kennedy, um, Picture This, okay. Codaline, oh, okay. um, Reese Lewis, kind of like pretty chill music. But mm-hmm. like I'm a kind of similar, I'm like into everything. Like mm-hmm. truly I am. I'm just not that knowledge about, knowledgeable about it. I'm like the person who like appreciates the music, but I never write, the, I never am the person that brings the playlist. Right, okay. Right. Is that because if someone said to you, here's the aux cord, here's in the dressing room, would you take it? Oh, I'd die. Why? I don't I don't know. I just, I just 
See, you just, you just relax. <laughs> it's fine. Relax. Breathe. I feel you breathe, just handed me one. Breathe. I'm like, help. Well, there's one just to the side here. But just breathe. Everything's okay. You're not being judged by anybody, honestly. Nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just I, on my phone, I typically don't have playlists saved. I just I'll, like randomly put, I'll pick like something random, like just a random Spotify playlist to listen to or an iTunes playlist and just Depending let it go. Depending on your mood. Yeah. Pretty much. And what do you search for, depending on your mood? Angry Scott? Happy Scott? <laughs> no, I think the last... Well, the last one I searched was love songs. Really? Yeah, I was just... Oh! I know, right? That's, that's, that's really weird, yeah. You don't do <laughs> so that with weird it, for yeah? me. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> now, you see, girl? the question I asked before about expectations, that's the last thing I expected from but me. But then do you know what most of the songs were? They were like heartbreak songs, so... <laughs> That's such a weird thing how we do that. Like in your life, when you're sad, you, oh, let me find a sad playlist to make know, me more sad. I actually sad. wasn't sad. I just wanted to. And sometimes I'll search like 90 best hits in the 90s, something like that. But so put it into context then. When were you listening to this like love songs playlist? What was, why did you need to listen to that, that in that moment? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that was the last one that I searched. I was in the, I was back home. I think we were on a. I was on a, a long drive. Well, not that long. I was driving home from Aberdeen to Edinburgh. Okay. And it was just... I'd actually... I think I'd listened to a podcast and then I was, I needed a playlist. Um, so you were tired of someone talking to you and you wanted someone to sing to you? Pretty much. Okay. I just thought love songs would be nice. Oh, so that's... Yeah, that's different. That's different. With music as well, um, who would you say your all-time favourites would be? Like musical idols or do you not really have any? Like who would you check for if they release an album right now? Who'd be the, yeah, I need that. Oh, right now. Right now. Like this very second. Cancel the podcast. Who are you going to listen to right now? Get up on your phone. I do really like Mumford and Sons. Yes, this is good. I think they this would. This is progress, yes. <laughs> progress. This is progress. You're so disheartened. Um, yeah, I think they'd be up there. How would you describe I, that? Like alternative folk type sound or? Yeah, I'd say so. I actually went to a really cool concert. I think it was called, it was like some kind of summer festival in London it was outdoor and it was, was Mumford and Sons Ben Howard Ooh. like a lot of really chill it was like a chill kind of vibe and literally everyone was just in this like grass park it what, was like what was the, the park what was the park it wasn't Hyde Park it was like the uh, it was the Olympic Park so it must have been the okay. year after the London Olympics so like 2013 2013 yeah 2013 I think it was um and yeah it was it was a spur of the moment decision. Two of my really close friends lived in London and I drove down with one of my friends. And it was just like picnic rug, picnic, and these like really great bands just playing. And you know, like there wasn't that whole like surge to the front. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just mellow. And so it's like an older person's festival. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't. People were just chill vibes. It was great. How old were people that went to it? My age. So it's an older person's festival. Yeah. Well, I wasn't that old. I'm doing you relative to like a twenty four. Festi- oh, really? So you were the one of the young ones. So you wanted to run to the front, but you couldn't because no one else I'm was chill. doing it. Well, I'm sure there was up the front, but I was just happy to chill. So old you're, before my time. So you know? you're so you're more like on an acoustic type vibe. Yeah. Okay. I can I can see that with you. The love songs bit, not so much. But the- that was more just a change of scenery, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. See, I I like I do like pretty much all music, but I prefer the older style stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like it's the stuff that lasts longer like who say even though i was only born in the 80s not really listening to music then i like the sound of music from the 80s okay. i like the sound of music from the 90s not necessarily all the like cheesy pop stuff but <laughs> say like from a rap perspective say someone like a jay-z could release an album which sounds good to me today yeah as good as it did 15 years ago whereas these days some of the sounds that come out they're great for now and they'll get overplayed 
and then you're over them yeah because yeah. the sound changes i think yeah. the real top top people like when i was asking about icons and idols and whatever i feel like the ones who do it best probably across most things in life they do it differently mm. which is why they stand the test of time because it's great to jump on a wave but at some point that wave's going to drop and then right. you'll fall with it or you can be the person who wants to jump on the next wave and then people will be like oh this person all they do is just copy trends and you don't necessarily want to be the person who copies trends do you so you're not a Calvin Harris fan because I thought you know all Scots had to support <laughs> Calvin Harris, or is that? Misjudged? I think he's good. I think he's great at what he does. I wouldn't say like um, I know all his music. But you know enough. I know enough. Yeah. Is he? I'd go and see him. You would. I would. Yeah. And would you run to the front, or no. would you sit back on a blanket again, drinking your tea? I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have my simple. tea. But yeah, I'd be quite content on the blanket. Um, so I, I think when I went onto your um, onto your podcast, which I'll plug later. Yes. I think I told you about my music history, or did I not? I don't think you did. So do you know anything about my musical history in no. terms of what I did? No. So I'm into my hip-hop, mm-hmm. like big into it. Yeah. I do listen to the pop, listen to all that stuff, because I'm like you, I'm from the top of the pops era back in England, <laughs> so like, you used to listen to that whatever was, was there. That such a good program. You're right. But I was also, I was a rocker. Did you know that? No. It's funny you didn't know that because you don't listen to my podcast. Like I've exposed you first first off here. But anyway. I knew that was coming. So why didn't you just listen to the podcast? I know. Do you know what? I did actually intend on doing that this nah, Whatever, whatever. It's fine. I know how no. this works. It's fine. It's fine. If you want to be the only person in the world to not listen to the podcast, <laughs> that's fine. But listen, you are now misinformed. But yeah, I used to be a rocker when I first, it's probably two years into high school because my friend bass was really big into it and they had their bands and they wanted a bassist. So I learned to play bass and I fell into bands and as a consequence, I turned into a rocker. I was still listening to my hip hop. Wow. But like, when I say rocker, I mean, this was around the sort of new metal age and like the emo stage where people were really going like all black and all that stuff. Kind of see that now. Yeah, anyway. yeah, makes um, sense. But I used to live for the mosh pit. I used to live and die in that space. But to be honest, that like you probably could survive in that. Have you been in one before? Almost. And let me bring you in on something. The, the irony behind it, it's been one of the safest places I've been to at a concert because from when I used to do it, if someone falls over, everybody stops and you help them up. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's like an unwritten rule. Nobody can get hurt. Everyone can go wild, but nobody can get hurt. Everything will stop. It could be the highest point of the song, but if one person falls over, stop dead. Just oh, let's pick him back up and then go and throw them around again. You couldn't write it. Interesting. But it's a lot of fun. And okay, I can see that. Good etiquette. Who would have thought chaos with etiquette? Yeah. Uh, so I asked you this before. I had to prep you for this mm-hmm. because I didn't want to put you on the spot too much. But this week, we're going to talk about guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. So in that whole realm of music, mm-hmm. hot current artists that like I check for yeah. when I shouldn't be checking for them as the black male in his 30s. Like I like Ariana. Oh, I, no. I like Selena Gomez. I like Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift is my answer. Like I love Taylor Swift. I don't, but I don't know. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't even finish with my music side. I also produced music when I started That's to cool. do, carry on with the hip hop thing. And being a Brit, I'm sure you've heard of grime or whatever. Mm-hmm. I used to mix DJ sets for certain MCs and all this stuff. So I've done the full spectrum. I've covered most sides of the music, music. side of it, which makes me appreciate these pop artists more because okay. for as much as a lot of it is manufactured. I feel like they just make solid sounds. Like things can be produced really well, even if it's like, you know, it's fake. It's just produced really, really well. And being in the studio, having all the equipment around you and then saying, right, make a beat. And then before you know it, you're like, ah, 
brain block, gay. <laughs> uh, and then you start making something, you realize it's exactly the same as something else that's mm-hmm. just been made. Like, I appreciate all that. Okay. So, for this week, I'm going to have one specific track that is a guilty pleasure. Okay. Yeah? And if producer Ryan is, is ready, I'd like to run it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Oh, you see this? This is nice, huh? Yeah. You know who this it is? is my, yeah, Taylor Swift. This is your guilty pleasure. This is my girl. I'm so glad you picked this. Why? What would you pick? I would have picked this, but like I've not been allowed to listen to this over the weekend because my girlfriend switches it off on the radio. That's not nice. Not on the radio. On the pl- is she, she's younger than you, isn't she? Six months. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought it was more. <laughs> I'll take it back then. So this, for me is my guilty pleasure and to even add more to it to my life so people look at me and they think just generally and they think quite aggressive all this stuff but as you know yourself i'm just a big teddy bear basically yeah if i was to be someone that would be like in the ufc and had a big fight i choose this as my workout music just to confuse them i think you should just have one fight just for that part and just play this yeah <laughs> imagine how confused you'd be if you were standing in the octagon or whatever and you see me coming out looking all mean mugging <laughs> Taylor Swift playing. Oh God, you know what? This gets me really going. <laughs> really, really going. That would be mine. So okay. do you say this would be your song as well? Come on, come on. Oh, I don't know that... I mean, I actually... Current song. If you say current song, then yes. Oh, go on, any be. song, any song. No, because I don't actually know the name of this song, but what I am going to say is... Are you going to sing it? Woo! <laughs> here we go, here Nobody we go, here that. we go, here we go. That will definitely lead to no listeners. Um, no, but we're playing in D.C., and there was a rain delay, so we had to warm up again. Mm-hmm. And when we came back out to warm up again, it was like, do you remember Cascada? Yes. They were like playing like, well, they played one of their songs, but it was like that kind of era of like dance music and the warm up, best warm up all year. Really? Loved it. Loved it. But I don't think many people appreciated it because I don't feel like that could have been much of an American scene. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Well. I just fa- that just brings me back to like people will be able to reach out to you after this podcast and tell oh, if no you're doubt. right or wrong. I'm, that happens frequently. I'm connected often, yes. which I'm, I'm I'm all about that. That's learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growth. That's right. Yeah, you accuse me of something and they deny it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's learning growth. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So uh, most of the serious stuff is done now. Okay. Even though we were talking about Taylor Swift being a guilty pleasure, yeah. but that's the serious stuff. I feel like this has been playful. Oh, it has. It has. What yeah. Else is there? I've got a few. I've got a few things. Okay. A few items just to close with. Bring it. You don't have to go in depth with these. Okay. But you can do. Okay. So we're going to talk. Go back to football. Okay. The great game of football. And I want you to be honest here. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not going to be the podcast which people listen to. If you want to hear nothing being said. Oh. See that. See what I played there. See the way I played that. There's like an eerie silence. Yes. So I want to know. Yeah. Just a few things. What's your favorite team? In the world. Favorite team right now, yes. You see Aberdeen fan, yeah? yeah. What's your favorite team ever? Like, a specific moment in time, a team like that. So so I'm a City fan. Yeah. But my favorite team ever was the team which Pep Guardiola, with Barcelona when Pep, Pep Guardiola managed them and they had like Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets playing midfield. Yeah. It's the best, best I've ever yeah. seen. Unreal team. That's fair. I'm going to say... This is like a fangirl moment too, but I also like Man United, which before oh, I know. Sake. What's wrong with you? Anyway, oh, because anyway. of Fergie and Aberdeen. Uh. No, I just fancied David Beckham when I was younger. Ah, <laughs> I did know that because I listened to your podcast. Okay, but you know, it's, um, it's neither here nor there, is it? We all support each other. Stop. 
So, that, um, so you but the year they won, the, yeah, the year when they won the treble, yeah, ninety nine, yeah. I did. I. You know what's crazy? People here don't know that. So, like, don't know Solskjaer. So they don't realize, that, and I'm just like, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's it's. I realize this is a very different part of the world. Yeah. Based on certain things that I'll mm-hmm, say, like mm-hmm. the last show I did was with Michael Richards. Yeah. And back in England, he's an iconic figure for a period of time. Yeah. Very iconic. Won the Premier League. Very yeah. few people have done that. But then I was in the locker room and I said, I've done a podcast with Michael Richards and one or two were asking like, who's that? Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, we'll move on to the next. Um, yeah. Favorite player, current and ever? Hmm. Current. For me, um, I will say the same answer for both. Okay, I'm going to say like, favorite player ever would be Figo. Okay. Just because I, I remember being in Barcelona when I was pretty young, like m- maybe seven or eight. And I got, maybe I was older than that. I don't know. But I was pretty young and I got a Barcelona shirt with Figo on the back. And I remember just, that was probably one of the, that was the beginning of me kind of appreciate like watching a lot of football and like when you would go and play in the back garden or with your friends. Like, how? I would, you know, you always would be a player. Like yeah, I, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, who are you going to yeah. be? Who are you going to be? That's right, yeah. I always wanted to be Figo. Was he seven? Number so he seven? was number seven. How many years was he at Barcelona for before he sold out? I don't know. Can't believe you got the shirt of a sellout. Shame on you. And for anyone who doesn't know, he went to Real Madrid, just in case anyone didn't know. Um. So this is a tricky one for me. Like, Messi's my all time favorite player. Yeah, he's great. I don't think today he's as good as he was 10 years ago. But 10 years ago, he was ridiculous, and now he's great. So I kind of want to say both, but I'm not going to actually. I'll take it back. My okay. favorite from back in the day was Thierry Henry. Mm. Good one. Oh, and, Bergkamp. Y- yeah, and the reason for it was because at the time when I was in the academy, I was actually a striker. Okay. So I tried to be Thierry Henry. Failed miserably because now I'm a defender. <laughs> but I did try and be Thierry Henry. <laughs> I remember when everything changed for me. I was So when I was, when I was 14... I started the season playing for the under-16s, scored in every game until Christmas. Then I dropped down to my age group and then ended the season with like 42 goals. Great. Great trajectory towards being a striker for a team. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 15 or 16, we had a pre-season game. For the last pre-season game, we went full-time. Played the first half in defence, second half up front. Got played through one-on-one. Nobody near me. Kicked it wide. From that moment there, I never played up front again. And I know I should if I would have scored that, I could have been like all time top goal scorer for like world football. But instead I do nothing. Yeah, your journey's your journey. All right. Who's your least favourite team currently and ever? <laughs> Throw someone under the bus right oh. now, please. I, I'm gonna say I really am not a fan of Rangers. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. But in like a in a sportsman like way. Not possible. Not possible. <laughs> I would debate that. How is it not possible? Debate it. You have a mic. We have a platform. Let's go. No, I think like I dislike them from like a sports perspective. Like I love when Aberdeen play Rangers. I love that because it's a rivalry. Yeah, I love like the feistiness in the game. Like I enjoy. I have a a lot of friends who are who are Rangers fans. A lot, and I enjoy kind of the back and forth, like the banter, like winding each other up. And Aberdeen actually have quite a good record against Rangers, so it's actually it's it's fun. Like you know. You, and we've definitely been crushed many times, but we've also won enough times that I've had enough leverage to, you know, fight my corner. And that I I enjoy, but like I definitely enjoy seeing, you know, if they if they get beat, then I definitely enjoy that. So that's a bigger rivalry for Aberdeen than Celtic is. Yeah. But why is that? 
Why is it not an Aberdeen Celtic thing, but it's Aberdeen Rangers? I don't really. I think I don't. I actually don't really know. You just play along with it. Don't do your research. Just jump on the hate. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, <laughs> I can't really go anywhere with that. I think there's like probably a lot. I think there's a number of reasons. I think for like Aberdeen are actually quite a historic team, so we're very successful after Celtic and Rangers. Like I think we have to be the third most successful club in Scotland. I'm going to say that. Have to be. You will I'm be. Like, yeah. You. Are, I think you are. Yeah. yeah. I believe that. So there's yeah. been like eras whereby like it has been like the top two is Aberdeen Rangers. And then also I know that there's been some bad tackles in amongst that time and therefore that's kind of like fueled the rivalry. There's, no, some, there's never been a bad tackle in Scottish football. There's some songs that would suggest otherwise that I don't sing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. My least favourite team of all time, uh, being a blue, would be just United in mm. the early 90s to just past the, the 2000s. Like, not necessarily because they were a terrible team or anything, but they were just so good at the time. City, yeah, we weren't, we, we, were, we were nothing. Mm-hmm. And they'd let us know every single time <laughs> that you couldn't escape it. Oh, you guys are doing well. Oh, good for you. You finished like 16th this year. Good, yeah. Oh, you're in the premiership now. Oh, good for you. And that was relentless. Hated it with a passion. Whereas now, I wouldn't say they're my least favorite team because like they're kind of in crisis, relatively speaking, to mm-hmm. what they were. Because they've not won a league it's for tough. like five, six years or something. Yeah, it's tough being a United yeah. half fan. Well, it's, it's not... Listen, it's not tough. You've still got the history behind you. Like, you basically are the Premier League. But, yeah, them. And then for my least favourite team now, mm-hmm. oh, I would have to say, for a team that I played against last season, just Millwall. I just don't like going to Millwall. Yeah, I'm sure. I think that would be a lot. I don't know anything about Millwall, but I have a feeling that would be a few people's answer. From when I was in the academy, we had tickets to go and watch City versus Millwall. And we just happened to be in the stand next to the away fans. They were throwing chairs at people's heads and stuff. You go to a That's stadium, a you get the abuse you're getting. It's, too it's spectacular. Much. Yeah, it's, it's it's probably a bit too much. But, they, you know, they support their team. But mm-hmm. it's not a team I could ever, ever consider playing for, even if they were the best in the world, because right. it doesn't sit right within my soul. Best player you've played with? Kim Little. Best player you've played against? <laughs> Kim Little. Really? <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's tough because I think, like, there's been players I've played against in the moment, and I've been like... In that moment in time, they were. That was a tough matchup mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, of course. But yeah. then, like, if you were to compare us now, I think like it would be totally different. Um, I think. Mm, this is a hard question. We can get back to it if you want. I think I'm going to stick with Kim Little. Okay. For, yeah. I respect that. that. Best I've played with, um, for his genius at Man City, I'd say David Silva. But mm-hmm. there are quite a few there because there were some like real elite, elite players. Yeah which I didn't really realise how elite they were until I left and saw what the damage they did to the Premier League, essentially. And the best I've played against, um, I've been lucky enough to play against Messi, to play against Ronaldo, to play against Thierry Henry, Xavi, Iniesta's all these people. I've been very, very lucky with mm-hmm. that. But for the time, I remember when I first made, when I was first coming through, probably my second or third game was at Highbury against Arsenal, when Thierry Henry was playing up front. Amazing. And he didn't have the best game that day, but he was me where this guy was once my icon and like you had a legendary status at that point yeah so I'm going to say him because to be on the same field as him at that age felt different to being on the field of anybody else that yeah. I've ever ever been been with let's we're going to speed through because I'm sorry I just chat so long but I enjoy having yeah. these conversations Poor Ryan's yeah. there's so much editing no he's not that's the thing it's just one great conversation people are just going to have to really sit down and just listen to everything Ryan all this work I, f- I feel for you right 
enough of this <laughs> filling. Most famous person in your phone book? <laughs> Probably Megan Rapino. Really? Yeah. It's funny. I was in um, Portland recently, and you walk into the Nike store, and the first shirt that you see is, when I grow up, I want to be like Megan yeah. Rapino. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess that means you made it then, yeah? So she's the most famous. And when was the last time you spoke to them? Spoke to her? Ooh. Probably when I saw her. November last year, when we, we played the USA. And I saw her. She yeah. didn't play that day, but little chat in the tunnel. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Old friends. Football friends. Football friends. Yeah. Most people won't know that reference, but yes, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's hard. What, what makes someone famous, do you reckon? Is it going off success or just like just being known? Because, you know, I, I don't want to... It's, it's humble brag season. So obviously, you've got World Cup winner. I've got Champions League winners, got league winners and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got pop stars. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty big phone book. What, what would you like to... What do you think is more important? Let's go... Let's be really millennial and say the person you think has the most Twitter followers. Oh, most Twitter followers. Someone who just talks <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't even get a feel for it anymore. Um, Come on. Genuinely, I don't know people that... I know people who have, like, campaigns going. Uh, I don't know if he's on Twitter, but of people who are pretty successful and famous, I'd say, just off the top of my head, I would say someone like a Jordan Henderson being captain okay. of Liverpool. Yes, and having also Captain England. Uh-huh. But then I've also got Joe Hart, Dennis Daniel Sturridge. I think Jordan Henderson probably right now. A few pop stars? Okay. Like, okay, go with Jordan Henderson in football, now do a pop star one. Um, for people who've done quite well in that music scene, uh, so interestingly, someone that will be doing a podcast soon, hopefully, is someone oh. who was a singer and a bassist in the band The Wanted. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's. I like them. Well, yeah, of course you do, because you're old. <laughs> but that's. <laughs> so this him. Or there's a guy who's been very successful recently. You might know his songs, we might not know his name. Bipolar Sunshine? Mm. If producer Ryan could possibly pull up a Bipolar Sunshine and DJ Snake tune, that could be the biggest one or anything like that. Just whatever you think is the biggest hit. I'm sure something will pop up. Yeah, Phil. Maybe this is where we got to Phil and give him a second to... Yeah, let's play it. You might have heard this before. Yeah, I know that song. It's a massive song. Mm-hmm. Staring at two different views on your window ledge. It's a massive song. He's a singer on there. Okay. And he, he might actually come on the podcast as well, all being well, because I have known him for 13 years. Cool. And when he first came through, he was a rapper, like a grime rapper. And then he changed his sound, changed his style. And now he's, he's huge. And this is the biggest plug now. He wrote. Um, Brown Skin Girl for Beyonce mm. on the last album. That's huge. That's, That's enormous. That's, That's like game changing. When you're writing okay. for Beyonce, like you're yeah, a big you're right. star. <laughs> you're yeah, a big you star. Are. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're bigger than me, bigger than Rachel Corsi, bigger yeah. than two of us combined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a big star. Yeah. Okay, so who would you like to have in your phone book? David Beckham. Really? Yeah. Why? Just love him. You talking about visually or like <laughs> something else here? No, I don't know. I think he's well. I always loved him as I've just he's just probably that famous person that I just have always been interested in his career. Like even now, I think he does a lot of cool things. Yeah, he's a superstar. For me, I'd, I'd go Tiger Woods. We've both picked icons who've basically mm-hmm. turned, changed the way that people view the game. Yeah. So you can't really fight with that. Um, five aside team. Mm-hmm. 
so my five side team i still believe it's the best some people right. have like said it's not the best but they're wrong so okay that's fine yeah. do you, you would you like to pick a men's team and a women's team or just a women's team what's easiest for you i want to pick a men's team okay go on then um i'm gonna have De Gea and goals okay just because i need like a man united representation yeah, whatever. Go on. He's, he's had a good couple of years right he's yeah, okay. Then I'm going to pick Andy Robertson just because I need... Really? I need, I need really? I need my little Scottish... Yeah, he's, in there. he's good. He's good. Yeah, I need he's a defender, good. but like five or so, you don't really need a defender. Yeah. Then I'm going to take Modric. Okay, that's that's a solid bet. Right. Um. Then I think I want... <sighs> you need to pick very carefully here because you're in, the, you're in the bottom half for now. You get these two wrong and you're in relegation zone. I think I'm going to go with Sterling. Star- okay, okay, that's interesting. Which that's interesting hurts me a there. little. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Um, I think he plays for Man City and he's doing really well. That's, okay, that's reason to be salty um, these days. It was between him and De Bruyne. But then I feel like if you have Modric, then... You don't need De Bruyne. Yeah, so I'm going with Sterling. It's and then me, by the way. I don't... <laughs> but carry on, carry on. Don't mind me. I don't... I don't want to pick Messi and Ronaldo, or I didn't want to, because... There's only one Ever. ball, and you can't. They can't both have it. Yeah, and I'm going to controversially pick Ronaldo. Like CR7 or yeah, CR7. Okay, that's a it's a good team. The people mm-hmm. will speak and let you know that it's not the best team, but it's a good team. <laughs> and at the end of the day, at least you tried. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Let me hear your team. Um, so my team, as everyone mm-hmm. will know now, because it breaks the internet every time, it starts off with Julio Cesar in goal, okay. Philip Lahm at the back. Xavi mm. midfield, relax. Xavi mm. midfield. Okay. Ronaldinho and Messi up top. Okay. You're not going to get the ball. Andy Robertson, great player, but he's not Philip Lahm. That's a fact. That's a fact. Ronaldinho, Messi on the same team. What's the point in playing against them? It's done. Geniuses. And then Xavi behind it as an extra. One of the best midfielders of all okay, time. Yeah, I'll give you Xavi. You give me Xavi. <laughs> I, I, do you know what I'm, I'm over you let's just let's, let's wrap this up <laughs> let's wrap this up I've got <laughs> sorry I've got two more things for you okay can you with all your contacts make that five a side happen because um, we had no one that's like ten different players yeah it is, yeah. Make it, it is yeah it is yeah I, I think it might cost us a bit though but right. you know yeah. maybe if it's to save the world we can make it happen but aside from that I don't <laughs> think it'll be cheap fair um, so I'll let you pick the two two things here yeah and then, I, then I'll say you can Wander off into the distance with your lacrosse okay. ball and whatever. Yeah. What do you, Sean Penn, Robert De Niro, and Thierry Henry have in common? Wait, Sean Penn, Robert De Niro, Thierry Henry? Yes. Just picture you're all in the same place. What would you have in common? I always love mm. silence on the podcast. I love it when it's silence. I'm so sorry. I've got caught with that before. That's right. I'm sure Ryan will just edit it out to seem like <laughs> we're just know. going back and forth. I've actually forth, got no forth. idea. Okay. Well, for one day in the year, if you're all in the same place, you could all share a birthday cake. You were all born on August 17th. That's from Tribute. No friend. way. Yes, indeed. How did I not know that? I thought, when I said it, I said, oh, she's going to know this. She's going to know this. Like, what's, what else are you I like, had what's no idea link? that Thierry Henry had the same birthday as me. Yes, it is. Yeah. So if you ever see him on that day, say, yo, let's go get some cake. Love that. All right. That's great facts. There you go. That's what I provide here. I provide Good really service. important facts to the people that come on the show. And but the no cake. That and it was my birthday. Yeah. But, you know, I did remember your birthday. So, being from Aberdeen, mm-hmm. the sayings you have, is it Doric? Doric, yeah. Okay. So, me, having been raised in Manchester, like, I have a few Mancunian or Manc sayings as well. Mm-hmm. Should we have a little trade-off? Would you like to give me something and I'll give you something? <sighs> if you have any. 
Okay. I, can I like, can I use the... Um... Use whatever you need. I'll go first then. Okay. I'll go first. So for people in the States, mm-hmm. if I was to say Scran, do you, scran. you know yeah. Scran? I know what Scran is, yeah. So if I said something was mint, would you know what mint is? I know what mint is. Okay, so Scran is food, mint mm-hmm. is good. If I would have said that, so you're, you're playing in a couple of days against Portland, mm-hmm. and if you have a shot and I was to say it's minging. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not even minging. If I say it's anging. Yeah. Do you think people know what it's talking about? No. Well, anging means disgusting, basically. Yeah. It'd be terrible. It's the type of thing which you expect to see from Rachel when she shoots that goal. If she shoots, it's probably going to be anging. If you, If you have a meal in the afternoon, it's called dinner. Mm-hmm. Even though it's lunch. Yeah. And then you would say tea. For I would dinner. say, well, I never committed to this, but I would say tea. It should be said as tea if you're in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, like what's for tea? That's, that's what I say when I go home. Yeah. Uh, snide, you know snide, yeah? Yeah. But more so in the context of that's quite mean or tight. Would you say okay. snide like that? I would understand. I probably wouldn't use it, but like I would understand. Okay. And one final one. If I was to say, this is a plug for you now. If I was to say, give your head a wobble. Uh-huh. Do you know what that means? Give your head a wobble? Yeah. I would assume like check yourself like rein it in rethink boom what's your podcast called decent decent from you what's your podcast called tell the people tell the The, people the people who are listening we need to do one very soon so there's new content coming out asap to you all on the rethink podcast with myself and erica timrak there we go how about that for a plug that was beautiful but still i need some more direct phrases from you yeah okay i was looking online i was trying to think of something to say to you but then i thought (laughs) i'd definitely get this wrong (laughs) <laughs> There's some funny ones here. If you give me some, I'll see if I can say it. See if I can say it right. If you let me have a look. Yeah, okay. You pick one for me. I want you to say. Oh, I forgot as well. The one of the biggest ones, a Mancunian one, is when you say "our kid." Do you know what that is? No. So "our kid" is like a brother or sister or a really close friend. So you say, hey, "You're right, our kid." Basically saying, "You're right." Yeah. Me, yeah. Okay, I've highlighted what I want you to say. Okay, so this is me, as someone from the dean. Dinner fast yourself. <laughs> that was quite good. Um, and that <laughs> means, um, can you can you do the translation? Because I'm means. lost. I don't even know if I've just spoken a language there. Yeah, you have. Dinner fast yourself means don't go out your way. Like, don't worry about it. That's, yeah, so for anyone, if you feel free to use that around until you can understand you. Um, some harsh ones here. Go on, fire away. One of my favourite Scottish words is clarted. Do you know what that means? Um, it's not rude. People always think it's they're rude. Uh, clotted. It's not drunk. <laughs> um, what is it? It's just like someone that's messy. Right. Okay. Like if you spill your dinner on yourself, you'd then be you a clart. clart or you're, you're a clarted. Clart. Yeah. Okay. And then probably the most. Do you know what a quine is? Or a quiney. That's a female. Yeah. Do you know what a, the opposite is? Is a male. Is that right? Did I get it? <laughs> so the difference between females and male. Thank you very, very much. Stop. See, this is the content the listeners need in their lives. But with no, that now. It's a, a loon. So a loon, yeah. yeah. A wee loon. A, a not, wee loon. I'm not, not a wee loon. I'm a, I'm a, a big loon. <laughs> how do you say? Do you say you big? Mean, just yeah. say big. I'm just a big loon. Okay. Big loon. But anyway, it's time. It's time to give thanks. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to save you till the end, but thank you to producer Ryan in the background. Sorry for making the podcast so long yet again, but we appreciate you. We love you. Yeah. Thank you also to Mountain Air Studios, Draper, Utah. And the listeners, I hope you enjoyed the show. 
please feel free to reach out to the club on all major social media platforms. I think it's at Rail Salt Lake. Or send a voice memo to digital at rsl.com. And of course, last but not least, thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. If you have any issues with Rachel, it's at Rachel Corsi 14, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And please have a listen to her podcast. It's the Rethink Podcast with Rachel Corsi and Erica Timrak. She is the real pride of Scotland. Uh, thank so you. thank you very much. And to the listeners, till next time. Goodbye. Thank you.